Planet X Cinema is a pop-up movie theater showing righteous trash cinema. Each week on this show, the Hicks brothers meet to take suggestions for new movie titles from the Planet X faithful and turn them into brand new films. It's fake movies from the minds of madmen. Welcome to the Planet X Cinema Podcast. What? But you're Drew Hicks. That's not how you introduce the show. I'm, I'm uh, Blair Hicks. I'm the, I'm the lackadaisical, odd intro guy. You're solid as a rock. What's going on, Drew? I'm feeling, well, I'll be honest. I'm feeling a little low energy. And I, I just had two back-to-back really disappointing movie theater experiences. And it's left me just a little... I'm going to say it crotchety about the state of movies these days. Oh, I I actually didn't plan to get into any of this, but it's on my heart. Well, speak your truth, Drew. I'm, I'm here for you, dude. I mean, I'm not sure the podcast audience is, but I'm, I'm here for you. My brother. Well, thank you. Thank you. I went and saw the Lego movie sequel, which I quite like the first Lego movie. I did too. And I went and saw the third How to Train Your Dragon, a film series we've talked about on this podcast that I very much like the first one, and I, I like the second one all right. Yeah, sure, me too. They're just hot piles of fucking garbage. Like, no oh, disrespect. Hot yeah, no, takes. That's a no, hot take. We don't no, do hot takes. No disrespect to the people that worked on them. I'm sure they're fine people, but like, it's like this weird, shitty little kid humor where it's like, Oh, I hope I don't fall down. Oh, I fell down. My butt sure. Oh, I'm falling again. Oh, boy. And it's just that for like, I don't know. It's just like nothing made any sense and nothing like, it's not even like good storytelling. A lot of butt jokes. A lot of just butt jokes. Well, not just specifically butt jokes, but just like, I guess like overly telegraphed humor that just goes on for four or five beats too long. I mean, just like, it's screenplays that don't make any sense. I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel like that's the way that a lot of comedy films are going, though, not just kid films. I can't maybe, remember the yeah, last maybe. time I saw, a co- like, I, I went to a theater and paid money to see a comedy and was like, that totally took me off guard. Like, a lot of, a lot of humor is telegraphed these days. And I don't, I don't know why that is. Like, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be man. Now you're making me grumpy. Cause I'm like, maybe it's just to make trailer fodder. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe it is just comedy. I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to start this off on a bummer. I didn't mean to get into that. Just, yeah, we're about to make our 25th movie. This should be a happy day. You should be happy. Well, let's make it a happy movie. I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to take this, this sadness and I'm going to turn it into goodness. Well, can I, I, I had a little bit of news from last week's pod that I thought might make you happy. Give me some good news, man. I need it. So last week, we did Gold Ridge Back, a movie that made us very happy. That right? was great. I had a blast making that movie. I did too. And we talked about the amazing, the talented, the peerless Adrian Barbeau. Did we not? We did, although I think I referred to her as Adriana, continuing my long, long tradition of mispronouncing <laughs> those names or just adding words and syllables to the end of them. So I feel that's like okay. that's my wheelhouse. If we ever get to 100 episodes, it's just going to be me um, apologizing for all the factual errors I make every well, week. It's a, yeah, it's that, it's that. And then like, uh, there's, serious, there's a TV show called Life After Beth, and we literally did that on the, on the Christmas episode. So Is I feel like- really. Uh, yeah, I feel like, I, feel like I about pulled that out of my ass. I thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, about once a week, I'm like, oh yeah, it's Hammer Films, not Hammer Brothers Films. Eh, well, fuck me. Like, I'm not like, I'm not on Twitter. There's nobody here to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. I'm I'm not an expert. Our 35 um, listeners can come at me. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but anyway, uh, regarding Adrian Barbeau, uh, this Friday the first episode of a podcast she's going to do drops. Um, and the podcast, the podcast is called She Kills, and it's happening through Shudder. Uh, Shudder does a lot of cool stuff for horror movie folks. It's a and great yeah, and what it's going to be is she is going to talk to women in horror, and I think it's going to be a ten episode series. Uh, the first episode is going to come out on Friday on all sorts of platforms, and then. 
the new episodes will drop first on Shutter, and then are going to be on you know your other platforms. Apple after that, like the Apple Store and stuff like that. But she's talking to Barbara Crampton, Jennifer Tilly, Dee Wallace, Anna Biller, like all kinds of really really cool people. So um, like that should make you happy. New Adrian Barbo female centric podcast. That's cool, right? I mean, that sounds dope as hell. Uh, love her. Uh, love D Williams. That's a great get. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Actually, I'm. I would be really interested to hear those conversations. I'm, I mean, we're now just giving like a three minute free plug to these people, but like that sounds fucking cool because I think horror maybe more than any other genre, maybe romance would be an interesting one too, but it's relationship to women is fascinating. Like it is the extremes where it is both like full on laughing, ha ha, fully belly laughed at misogyny. And then also like characters like Ripley, some of the best female characters of all time. Like, right. Yeah. And like dominated by male killers and then occasionally you get a female killer and it's like, I would love to, and I'd love to hear the stories of women who work in that industry who've been in some of my favorite films. Yeah, and I mean, that's, I mean, her quote in the press release was, it's about time we heard more from women in horror, um, uh, heard more from women in horror than just their blood curdling screams. I'm honored to be a part of this fascinating new podcast featuring the kick ass women of the genre, from playing victims to villains and vampires to Valkyries. Oh, the stories we have to tell. And so it's not just going to be actresses and scream queens, but it's also going to be writers and, um, uh, and also analysts, female analysts. And I'm like, that's very cool. And like having lots of friends who are in academia and particularly having friends who are women that are involved in gender studies and stuff at a teaching level or at a, uh, at some sort of academic level, I'm interested to see what they think. Cause they're always throwing cool shit at me. And so, well, um, I think it's awesome as someone who just enjoys people talking about horror movies, I will for sure tune in. That sounds Sounds like it's going in my regular rotation. And what yeah. a cool host. That's that's fucking awesome that they got her of all people to be the host. That's great. Well, she's got an amazing personality and presence. Like I imagine that she will be a very good host. I'm obviously I haven't heard it, but I'm I'm super psyched. Well, um, she, was, she was in Escape from New York. Like her she comes in the fog creep show yeah you know, like, like come on like yeah it's nobody can be like one thing yeah they should have got <laughs> they should have gotten a real actress it's like no hold on like come on oh god no that's that's the most demeaning thing you could say to her she's so fucking overqualified oh. that, that's part of why we put her in the movie last week was we love female villains and it was like oh like you were like i know who i want in this role you know like i don't know yeah she's just uh, i think it would have been great it would have been great but um Yeah, but on this podcast, we're not here to give free airtime to competing podcasts. Uh, We take your hypothetical movie title suggestions and fully flesh them out into new Righteous Trash Cinema as the proprietors and producers of Planet X. That is our solemnly sworn duty. Um, Sure. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, Hey, uh, we can't make this podcast without your suggestions, so uh, pause the podcast and go give us a movie title. Um, you can do it in a whole bunch of ways. You can find us on all the social media shits and, and hit us up there. You can email at us at planetxcinema.gmail.com. You can fill out a form on our website, planetxcinema.com, and click on the little submit button. Hey, while you're there, check out the new screenings and all the podcasts and things and all the exciting stuff we're doing. Um, you can always come to our live screenings and just shout out movie titles, and we'll probably do them on the show. Um, this week, I have selected a movie title for us to do. Blair, are you prepared? I am prepared for movie number 25 in the Planet X Cinema Catalog. The title, if you please. Well, the title of this film, which was submitted to us by Ron Nickel. Thank you, Ron. Ron Nickel, my buddy Ron. We know each other from a bar. He is the norm from my bar. So from some guy in a bar comes Dogs of Peace. Dogs of peace. Cry havoc and let loose the dogs of peace. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, Oh, boy. Thanks, Ron. Dogs Um, of peace. Dogs of peace. So we're we're in it. What does dogs of peace say to you, Drew? I mean, this could just be me, right? This could be where I'm at. But, I mean, it does sound kind of like a bad Steven Seagal action movie. Sure. 
like an early 90s, like, he was a dog of war. But now yeah. he's the dog of peace who still murders people with his hands. It, it has a military connotation to it if it's not a children's film about dogs secretly resolving conflicts. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, um, that's the thing, right, though? Because if it's literally about peace, then the title loses any meaning. It's like, all right, it's right. about peaceful dogs. There's no conflict there. This is why, by the way, I think this, like, no, no disrespect to Ron, the nice stranger from the bar, but... Oh, he is no stranger to me, but yes. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> sure. Ron, the nice man from the bar. Not This is not a good title. That does not mean a good Planet X film it will not make. Oh, but like Dogs of Peace is patently a bad title. Boy, bad sentence that did make. My head hurts a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, that, but uh, uh, our, we started with Halloweeners. Uh, great movie titles are not really our bread and butter. Bad movie titles are our bread and butter. Well, I just mean like sometimes we get a heat line Jamaica. And right. you go, you go, fuck, that's evocative. Yeah. And then sometimes you get a service dogs and you go, well, shit. <laughs> and this what is, is it with dogs. Dogs are fucking us up. <laughs> well, I think, I think in, dog, in service dogs, it was the spelling of dogs, D-A-W-G-S. This week, I think it's the word peace that's throwing me off because it's just, it's the opposite of conflict, and great movies have conflict in them. It's the sequel to Dog Soldiers, where the werewolves are helping humanity build a better society. That's Dogs what it is. of peace. Dogs of peace. Dogs, um, of, peace. Dogs of peace. Well, we got to do it. We're in it. Um, dogs of peace. Dogs of peace. Okay, so we got some dogs. That's well-worn ter- territory for us. Uh, literal dogs. Literal, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Literal dogs. You want to go soldier dogs with this one? We can. I just think I don't. I just don't want to make an animal film. I don't want to make an animal movie either. Especially come you coming off a recent string of bad children's film uh, watching experiences. I don't think doing an animal film is a good idea at all. Yeah. On the other hand, if this was D A W G S of peace, make a hell of a sequel to Service Dogs. God damn, that would be fly. You know Keanu Reeves would be in that fucking movie. Yeah, what are they, like UN workers? Like they're working with Doctors Without Borders or some shit? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They've gone beyond the surfing town. Now they're dogs of peace. Yeah, now they're they're down in um, Valverde, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, dogs of peace. Um, so, okay, so I like the idea. Movie? Of- like Iron Eagle, dogs of peace. Like uh, okay, okay, I can go there. I think like mm, this is gonna be a to tough. Think of something you could slap that title on. That's my problem here. Is that does since it doesn't evoke anything, you go like, well, what could you, what could you slap that on and go like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, what if this was a movie about an elite squad or or whatever? Uh, yeah, like an elite commando team that either leaves the military or violates some kind of order and is forced to flee the military. And now they're like international vigilantes of peace. They used to be the war dogs. And now they like, they intervene in crisis situations to save people. They're the dogs of peace. Well, you know what we could do is we could take our love of um, the true story behind the men who stared goats um, the the um the first world army is that right no, um what is it called uh not the first world army but um well, it's all oh, that shit. like mk ultra operation stargate all that shit right but that that particular individual i god damn it i have a pdf somewhere on my uh laptop of of his <laughs> manual where yeah, it was you, like you my friend are on a government blacklist <laughs> Dude, I'm on a lot of lists. Don't worry about it. Um, uh, the, but, like, uh, the booklet was all about how the army of the future should carry, like, baby lambs and flowers into battle. Yeah, and like, yeah. Like, I, 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 I just really dig that. Like, I dig that hard. Um, I wonder if there's a way we could make an action movie <laughs> that invol- involves pacifists. That's kind of interesting. No? Is that interesting? No. No, it's not. Well, well, hold on, hold on. What if, oh man, okay, what if this was a film that was made in like the late 70s, like after the hippie thing had kind of blown over? Okay. And, and it was about, like, yeah, we take that as source material, and it was about a squad of hippies who work for the government and they're actually like, they're like one of them's a Kung Fu expert and like they all do yoga and smoke weed and shit. 
Like I'm thinking about like, what if we made the Miami connection, except it was all about hippies, like <laughs> being like dropped into like war zones and they're like, Hey, peace brother. And then like when the guy attacks him, he like judo chops him and he's like, don't worry. I only knocked him out. I'd never kill anyone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're very smug. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, um, yeah, that kind of worked. Uh, like an action movie where the to prevent violence? Is that fun? That sounds like pulling teeth to me. Okay, well, we're not doing great here, bud. Nope, we're really not. I thought 25 was going to be silver at least. Not gold, silver is 25 traditionally. Um, Black spoons all over again. Yep, okay. Nope, no, no, no. This is not black spoons too. We're not doing that. Um, okay, what if, what if dogs is not our hero or heroes? but instead the dogs of peace are a thing. Like they're two jade dogs that are highly valued and are trying to be stolen and somebody's got to steal them back. Like, uh, like the golden no. child or like, yeah. the, you know, the Maltese Falcon. Like what if yeah. we're talking about the dogs of peace, the Maltese Falcon, the guy isn't called the Falcon. No, 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 you're right. Yeah, the dogs of peace. Hmm, that's not like, bad. Okay. okay. So, kind of like a like a war zone kind of movie where the dogs are going to get stolen or they're going to get taken out of the country, and somebody's got to try to get the dogs. Are they a supernatural object? Could we do a supernatural war movie? That would be really fun. Yeah, that doesn't sound shitty. Okay, all right. That Build could on be that. What fun. do you got? That could be fun. We pick a conflict. We pick okay. a conflict. The dogs of peace have got to be some sort of artifact related to the location of the conflict. Sure, sure. And the acquisition of the dogs of peace will end the struggle, which on the surface looks like just firefighting, but is actually there's a supernatural element. You know, we haven't done we haven't done anything with Nazis. We could put this in like Northern Africa in World War II, which is a criminally underexplored theater in cinema. Okay, wait, I just got to stop you right there because Hard Eagles 2 is all about Nazis. I'm sorry. Oh, that's true. I forgot we worked some Nazis in there. We can do Nazis again, dude. It's been a very long time. Nazis are lots of fun for, for action movies. Come on now. Well, all right. North Africa and World War II, that's an option. That could be kind of fun. That could be sort of an Egyptian thing, right? Egyptian dog statues or something. Sure. We that's can we can neat. go we can go back down to Valverde. They can be like Inca or Aztec, uh, something like that. We did a little yeah. Maya work with Crip Crushers. We could do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they could be... I mean, we can go Vietnam or Korea. We can put them in the jungles of Southeast Asia. And they're looking for the dogs of peace over there. That feels kind of nice. Jade statues in like Sri Lanka or something. That feels that feels Maybe. like something that might work. Something in Southeast Asia could be fun too, because then we can play around with some Vietnamese, like they're not Vietnamese, some Vietnam War tropes from cinema. Sure. Like, like you know, smoking weed in the jungle, and we can play on Apocalypse Now and all the, you know, you know, Creedence Clearwater Revival or some shittier version of that is making it onto the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, you just get the super sounds of 1968 to 1973. and that's Okay, okay, yeah, wait a minute. This is starting to feel good. What if we did a shitty version of Apocalypse Now that had way more action and overt drug use and got kind of psychedelic? And it was about, like, a squad sent... Somehow, this group of American soldiers has to recover the dogs of peace, which ends up becoming this, like run through the jungle which is now on the soundtrack there's our ccr song sure like yeah can we do something there kind of like a like a trippy vietnam war gory shoot em up war zone kind of thing yeah that doesn't uh, sound terrible no that sounds like that could be fun i think the planet x the planet x twist has got to be a a like a supernatural element right unless the violence is just so over the top and then we're kind of got to be careful. Well, okay, we're skirting with dog soldiers here. Do you want to do a Vietnam uh, war movie with werewolves? Ooh, that's not bad. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but like, 
What well, you, you remember? Like- you remember when we were talking about Time Cop, and you mentioned those re- that really great uh, Predator arc where Predator uh, from the comics, uh, oh, where yeah. Predator is in Vietnam and he's watching these people do these horrible things, and then he punishes the people who do the horrible things. Yeah, like that could be wild. Where they're like, there's. The you know like you know the man in the black pajamas you can't see him coming they've got tunnels under the ground but yeah it's because they're actually werewolves <laughs> well or even like yeah like you do the um you can do that that trope where it's like okay war is hell we spend the first act with our squad we kind of get to know you know a few of them the two or three that are going to survive into act two sure and then, and then they're fighting, yeah, they're fighting the man in the black pajamas and they're coming out of the ground, they're in the trees, whatever. They get separated from everybody else. They're lost in the deepest jungle. And so now, now we're kind of doing Predator. We're doing Apocalypse Now meets Predator. Well, but see, now they're like, yeah, there's no more tunnels. Like, Charlie's not in the trees anymore. Like, oh shit, what the fuck is this part of the jungle? And then, of course, we have to have, like, we have to have the local, the whatever, Conchita, what's her name, from Predator? Who like she's there to be like they come in the hottest year like yeah 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 they call call him the devil of glass or whatever the fuck she says in that movie like what she's saying doesn't make any fucking sense but anyway like yeah you have them be like oh no nobody goes in this part of the jungle this is bad news like you guys need to get out of here and regroup with your squad they're like yeah yeah we will and he's like no 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 now you need to go now like and now they're being yeah now we do predator in Vietnam with werewolves maybe I don't know and and the resolution is that. Maybe the do we do we do the Temple of Doom thing where the dogs of peace have been stolen and they must be in order to restore order they must reclaim the dogs of peace and take them back to the temple where they sit and you know that's that's why these horrible whatever they are werewolves Viet werewolves are out. What if, okay, hold on. <sighs> what if they're cat people? What if the villain is cat people? And oh, the, I like this. And because that's shittier, that's way more Planet Xy. I like and this. The, and then the thing that keeps them at bay is yes, the statues, which are called the Dogs of Peace. So the Dogs of Peace have been removed, and now the the Cats of War or whatever the Puma running. Men have been let loose. Yes, fuck yes, we're gonna go full Doctor Island of Doctor Moreau remake. Like, there's gonna be people in like spandex and or cat people from the seventies. Like, the fuck yes. They look like fucking Panthro. Everyone looks like a Thundercat. Yeah, Chitara. We're, we're getting them all in here. Tiger. Everyone, just come on, guys. Wily Cat, Wily Cat, come along. <laughs> not Snarf. You stay at home, Snarf. We're not doing. Did we get them all? Did we get them all? Lion O, obviously, oh, sure. and then uh, ti- ti- Tigra. Tig- What's the Tiger guy's name? Yeah, Tigra. And don't forget Mumra. <laughs> Mumra. Mumra's my favorite because he's like an old, feeble man in in diaper. And then, like, when he gets Yeah, that's angry, what a mummy he, is, Drew. A mummy old, is an... <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah, it's an old man in diaper. But, like, when he gets mad, he's fucking shredded. Like, it's every man's fantasy. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, but when I'm angry, I turn into Mumra. Yeah, that's when my diaper comes off and I turn blue and start knocking shit around. Yeah, weird okay. that the diaper stays on, huh? Yeah. Weird. All right, now the clock's going to run long here if we don't start generating some plot. So, do you want to come up with some or with something? We got to have some characters. Okay, I think uh, the only thing I need to answer before we start building this movie, sure, is, is when the movie starts. Where are the dogs of peace? Are our heroes the ones who inadvertently remove them, or have they already been removed? Is it something like the American military did because it's like the Ark of the Covenant and Raiders of the Lost Ark? Did it happen inadvertently? Have they been lost for a thousand years? No, like, I think they've been lost. I think that's the most fun. The most fun is that the dogs of peace have gone missing. The dogs of peace are missing. Okay. Yeah, I think this gets real easy to build out then. All right, so give me a skeleton plot and then we'll start plugging people into it. Okay, uh, so we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it in Vietnam or Korea, I guess. I guess Vietnam um, makes, Vietnam is more accessible. Or we could just do Korea. we could do Valverde style and just be like unnamed Southeast Asian country. <laughs> yeah, America. I guess I that's, think that's the west. That's the way to go, right? Yeah, because otherwise, well, I don't know, but sure. I for, for in my head, I'm picturing this as a Vietnam War movie. Whether or not it takes place in Vietnam is is unimportant to me. Those are the tropes I want to play with. 
Me too. I agree. Okay. So give me I, it, like divorced, divorced from the culture that we do it in. Those are the tropes I want to play with. So Excellent. I think this, this could be in Valverde. It could be in Vietnam. It could be anywhere, but I like the jungle. I want to stick with the jungle. I think that's fun. Me too. Okay. Cause I want big temples. I want big jungle. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I love your, your point about like Sri Lanka or like Angar Wat, like let's play with that stuff. That's really, really fun. Yeah. Angkor places like that, that are just like creepy and old. And yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I think, I think, look, your first act is, you cut on action we see a helicopter like dropping some napalm we're in the shit we we hook up with our squad uh we get a sense of who they are that's going to be really fun to build out oh this is yeah no wait this is a good sidebar let's have this conversation what's your is that your favorite overused vietnam warrior song it's got to be all along the watchtower or fortunate son yeah yeah those are the two right well, there's a couple of others, but my favorite, that intro to Fortunate Son, just boom, 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 yeah. But um, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. Like, it, the Hendrix cover of All Along the Watchtower is like, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, so our, our, it's like, so listeners, whatever the, whatever the shitty low rent version of that song is is the song that's playing right now uh, and okay. we, get, yeah, we get some scenes of like our our good <laughs> our good boys running around firing off some some guns and shit um oh actually well okay yeah no that's fun all right so we're, we're gonna have some kind of opening act where we get to see some action these guys are gonna get oh that's fun let's do that like they're the squad of ultimate badasses so like you know, the brass, the brass fucking comes to them, says they got to go uh, take out this like nest of baddies that's really dug in. And so uh, they're like, oh, yeah, it's the aliens line. Like, is this another fucking bug hunt? And they're like, yeah, whatever. Just get over there and fuck them up. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, take uh, take this defector guy with you. He's an analyst who speaks the local language. And so they're all like, yeah, fuck this guy or girl, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, they all get in a chopper. They're choppering out there. Uh, like they come under heavy fire as they're landing. The chopper blows up. Oh fuck. They're stranded in the jungle. Uh, but they, they hit the objective. We do the first act of predator. We're like, we get to see them like working together as a team. We Traditional chew- firefight. Yeah. Kind of. we, we, we chew through the unnecessary cast members, right? Like we get a couple guys just knocked off. And then I sure, think, sure. What I really like is this idea that they have to like flee down the river in a boat. So we get some apocalypse now shit. Sure. And yeah, like, absolutely. They're, they're in pursuit. And for no reason, I want some fan boats out there so that like we get to do a fan boat scene. Cause we haven't done one of those on planet X yet. Nope. Sure. Um, and so like, yeah, I think they're like going through the jungle. Shit's getting really bad. They're getting turned around. They don't know where they are. They don't know which way they're going. Shit's really bad. Boat gets shot up gasoline's leaking out they all jump off at the last second and the bad guys watch the boat blow up so they're like cool we do the thing from transformers where they separate the spaceship and the bad guys see the the ass end of it blow up so they're like okay those guys are dead we're leaving them so we wash up on shore with the remaining soldiers and the translator the localization analyst cia guy sure and and immediately like we've got to make camp like all their maps and compasses and shit are busted so like they are in the worst case scenario. Unlike Predator, no one is coming to get them. Uh, and then I think like, yeah, on the first or second night, like, yeah, we can see some ruins. We can do some like Indiana Jones stuff where they're seeing like faces carved in rocks and stuff. That's fun. Somebody then, makes yeah. friends with the monkey. Yeah, sure. That's fun. Why not? And then, yeah, we like the we monkey get buddy. In, yeah. And we get in or like a parrot, whatever. And then, yeah, we get into like the cat people start eating them. And then like the cat people are hunting them. We do some fun shit with that. We narrow it down. We get to the temple. We do the dogs of peace. We're out of here. This is pretty good. Okay, that's fun. That's fun. Um, by the way, I think the song for this film has got to be Diamond Dogs by David Bowie. That's got to be the song for this film. Uh, so who do we want to put in this film? Because it's a fun plot. I think it becomes more fun if we get the right people in it, which means we got to kind of pin down. Yeah. We either got to pick somebody we really want and then cast around that person, or we have to pick a time period and then go to our lists and see who we can get from that time. 
I mean, okay, depending on when you shoot it, I don't think Adam Baldwin is out of the question. He did play Animal Mother in Full Metal Jacket. I know Absolutely. we cast, I know we put him in Dinosaurs, but uh, I can see him like, I don't know. Always always good casting in a in a military role and um also- Yeah, I mean, he's a fucking neocon psychopath in real life, but he was a hell of an actor in the 80s and 90s and in Firefly, so yeah, we don't know. We don't. We don't cast real life people, dude. We we put people in movies. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's okay. Well, that's good. Also, I think that would probably put us in the eighties. Boy, that could almost be a canon film, couldn't it? Hmm. It could almost be Absolutely. a canon film. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, not like earlier. Not like Invasion USA. Like a little bit later, right? Like, just a little bit after that. Yeah, but I can see, like, yeah, Dino De Laurentiis being like, we got to get on this Predator thing. Like, everybody loves this, yeah, predator. this predator thing. is it's gold. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not bad. Okay. Um, all right. So now, now I'm thinking, like, mid-'80s. Because Full Metal Jacket's 87. So that gives me yeah, an idea. Right. Um, well, I don't know. I, ju- I just threw him out there. I'm thinking about Vietnam movies and, like, it it it's one of those people that like uh, you meet a lot of Firefly fans that don't that don't realize he was Animal Mother, <laughs> right? That he played this like horrific movie character in a Stanley yeah. Kubrick film. It's like what's the, what's the line where he's like, uh, "What are you doing? Uh, shooting women and children? Uh, how do you do that? Uh, it's easy. You just want to increase. Oh, the you lead them a little more. You lead them a little more. Yeah." <laughs> Oh, you know what? If it's a canon film from then, you know who you stick in there is like Alex Winter because he was in a bunch of those. Oh, fuck yes, dude. That's great. You know, because also if it's like a Vietnam film, you want the actors to be pretty young because that's the Vietnam trope is like they're kids. They shouldn't even be over there. And Alex Winter kind of got his start doing canon flicks. I mean, he was obviously also in like The Lost Boys around the same time, but I think that's a a really fun guy to stick in there, right? And very gettable. Lost Boys is 87 as well, right? 87 or 88? Is that right? Uh, I can double check it, but yeah, def- definitely right, or, right around then. Um, well, it's the same time period. I mean, if we caught yeah, him... Yeah, 87. 87, 87 so, yeah. yeah. And then he did, he did Excellent Adventure in 89, or 88? 89, 80, right? 88 or 89, yeah. Mm-hmm. 89, so he did, okay, and then Bogus Journey's 93, I think, or 92? I think it's, yeah, 91, 92, yeah. So we, we could have caught him, okay, we could catch him in the middle between... Oh, I mean, he could have shot him at the same time, too. There's So, yeah, okay. So, this is fun. We're going to go, like, 88 to... Oh, this is actually really funny. Okay, yeah. So, we'll do, like, 88 to 92. Uh, Vietnam movies totally out of vogue at this point. <laughs> so, this is great. Perfect for canon great. films. Absolutely perfect, perfect for canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although, although canon had folded at that time, but that's okay. Well, but, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, actually, fair on, enough. On the, later, on the later end of that, but it doesn't matter. We're, we're, this isn't a canon production. It's a Planet X production. That's right. Uh, distributed by New Line Cinema. Thanks, New Line. Thanks, New Line. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, hmm. Alex Winters is very good. Alan Ball, Al, uh, Adam Baldwin's very good. Um, hmm. Now, this translator analyst character is going to get tricky because we're being nonspecific as to the location. Uh, but I yeah. think I think there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of, I mean, if we want to do it in Southeast Asia, there's a lot of Asian American actors who I think would be very good for that. Um, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, so the first guy that comes to mind is Dennis Dunn, um, who plays oh, Wang okay. in Big Trouble yep, Little China. But that's yep. just because I'm fucking obsessed with Big Trouble in Little China. Well, uh, we are, yeah, fantastic film. Yeah, he's uh, he's probably a well. No, he's the right age. Well, his age is also negotiable too. Are you right because he's like an analyst character? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he doesn't. You know, we can we can we can push him around a little. You know, what would be really fun would be like, who do you put in? Do you put someone in it that's like, uh. John Cusacky, somebody that you go like, they were in a supernatural Vietnam film in the late 80s. Oh, that's really fun. Okay, so whose career right. really took off in the early 90s or mid 90s who we can put in this and it becomes the like, yeah, that's really funny. Okay, uh, is it like, 
Is it Kevin Bacon or is he too old? He's too successful, dude. He done. Oh wait, yeah, no wait. I've got my timelines all wrong here. Yeah, Yeah. he was a heartthrob. I mean, that's very funny. I would watch the fuck out of that. Yeah, no. You you know what it is? Is because I don't associate him as being brat packy, even though he had a similar kind of trajectory. He just I don't associate him with. that that bunch of of guys yeah because he kind of he kind of wrote it out longer than a lot of those guys like right especially people like judd nelson and stuff right like he had a little he lasted a little a little longer like his career was still going hard when like emilio's was petering out oh wait wait what did we said we said uh uh let's see but i don't know like um hmm who do i want to put in there do we do like uh well I mean uh, we can always we can always throw Leguizamo in there. He might be a little uh, long, honestly. No, yeah, because no, I, right. I was thinking Ralph Macchio and then I was like Oh Ralph Macchio is very good too. That's <laughs> yeah. if it was my dream movie, I would throw Swayze in there. But even though the dirty dancing yeah. is eighty seven and he's already done Roadhouse, you'd go like, Well, he's not done a war movie. I still don't think at that point he would take like a low budget supernatural vietnam flick <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, but you want somebody like that is what i'm trying to i would love to have ralph macchio in it i think ralph macchio alec baldwin uh, uh not alec baldwin adam baldwin alex winter and then you have to have somebody who's a little bit older you know that's kind of the yeah kind of the squad leader or whatever right yeah. and you know we can always share shoehorn Gary Busey into a film and he should be a crazy Vietnam squad leader at some point, but we do that way too much. So who are we going to Busey into this one? Somebody we love. Let's just put somebody we love in that role that it will make us very, very happy boys. How do you feel about Ron Perlman? He came up in the last episode. We put him in Dinosaurs. Um, yeah, I mean, he'd be late 30s, so the, the, the age is right. God, and he, the look. God, he's got the look. And it's it's when he was kind of doing Beauty and the Beast, the TV show. Right. I can see him picking up a film gig, wanting to kind of, yeah, that works. That works. So, so we've got, are you going to keep Ralph Macchio in there? Well, yeah, I think you, okay. okay. Here's what you do. You keep Baldwin, you keep Winter, and you keep um, Macchio in there. Perlman is, Perlman is your crazy squad leader guy, right? Sure. But he's also the first guy that gets taken out by your cat person, your jungle cat person. That yeah. leaves the three kids by themselves. That's a great trope, too, in a Vietnam War movie that's fun as hell to play with. Okay, so that gives us Ron Perlman, Ralph Macchio, Dennis Dunn, and Adam Baldwin. Okay. Alex, yeah, Alan, Alex Winter. Alex and Winter. Alex Winter. I'm sorry, and Alex Winter as well. Yeah. And then when Perlman dies, then you're left with the squad just being Baldwin Macchio Winter, which I think and, is and a Dunn. fun little Well, and, and Dunn. Dunn, but he's not part of the I mean, I was just talking purely squad. But yeah, yeah, but that's your ensemble, which I think is a fun ensemble. Okay, so let's let's fast forward to the boat blows up, they wash up on shore, right? After the initial the because, initial firefight, yeah, right? Sure. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with any of that, other than to spend that time, like having Ron Perlman talk up how much, like we're war dogs, we love war, war's good, like <laughs> you know, just. Well, like, I think you want that though, right? Like that's well, and and we should go through there and establish what their roles in the squad are. But right now, I don't think that's important. Like boat blows up, they wash up on shore. What are we doing with these guys? What's what's our what's what's Step one, we've, we've just started act two. Well, I think what the immediately panic sets in because as you said, we're not doing Predator. They're not trying to get to the, the pickup point, right? Yeah. So, so what they have to do is they have to figure out where are we going? That's where yeah, okay. your boy, the guide is like, well, if we make it to X location, um, since there's no extraction point, that's a city. You can get on a boat. There's at least a radio. And, 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 and they're like, great, let's go. And he's like, well, there's a problem. The only way to get there is to go through the darkest jungle, whatever it is called. You know, it's got some horrible foreboding name. And they're like, what's the problem there? And they're like, well, you know what happened to Ron Perlman? That's 
these ancient cat people and unfortunately they're killing people and they're like you have got like they think it's a joke they think yeah. it's a joke they're like this guy got took out look at this this is just an animal attack look at look at what happened to this body he's just it's an animal attack so and, and so then it's like well okay you've got what you have to do is you have to fight your way through the this dark southeast asian jungle full of temples and stuff very like you know that kind of a thing in order to get to the city where they can you know make reconnect with the armed forces and get out of there does that make sense yeah no i think that's good uh i like i mean i think i think we can even convolute it further by that's that's barely a skeleton it's just an idea right well i like i like the scene of like they wash up on shore they kind of like they like ron perlman's like come on we gotta go like they get again i like this i i like the idea that their chopper was shot down they go down a river they're getting turned every which way now they're on shore and they're running we keep that beat going really long that action sequence so by the time they finally stop they don't know where we are and we don't know where we are like they've lost all sense of direction. And yeah, like I think they're pulling out like parts of maps, like laminated maps and being like, yeah, I think we're about here. There should be a city this way. Like, but we could be over here. I don't really know. And then I think I like the idea of Alex winter being kind of the joker in the group. He's the the guy guy that makes the monkey friend. He finds the monkey friend. Yeah. But he doesn't take anything seriously. And like, I like this is a good, this is a good like Bill Paxton and aliens moment where he's like, well, how the fuck are we going to get out of here, man? What, which way even is South? And Ron Perlman's like, take the hour hand to your watch pointed at the sun. Do the difference between 12. That's North sun. Walk the other way. Let's go. Like Ron Perlman's like, let's fucking do this. Like, right. he's He's getting off on it. I think. Well, and I think like Machio, he is, He's older than he. Yeah, but yeah, he's the he's the wide-eyed kid. Even I mean, he's obviously he's older than when he was in the Karate Kid. But he's he's your baby-faced guy, right? I I think he has to be the one that survives. I think it's him and David Dunn, or it's him alone, or Dennis Dunn, or it's him alone. Because like I think Adam Baldwin has to play kind of like a gruff asshole who like tries to take control and get Piggy's proverbial glasses, right? I think well, Alex Winter has to yuck it up. That leaves Ralph Macchio or Dennis Dunn as this is the guy we're going to follow. I like I like Macchio and Dennis Dunn coming through it, and that way your third act becomes a, a two-hander all of a sudden. Well, it, yes, yes, and it becomes a two-hander that's the quote-unquote enemy analyst and the everyman, and then we get to do some like heavy-handed commentary on like, oh, we should really all get along. Like, right, but like, the, I they like to like, trust like, each other. I like the idea of a shot of the two of them walking out of the jungle after killing supernatural uh, cat, cat people. people by restoring statues of dogs to their rightful place in a temple. And that's, that's nice. You know, that's a nice little duo too. I, I, I like that. I think that's good. So that's good. Um, so we can, we can spin. Also, the- this movie is full of typecasting, which I really like. They were like oh, Adam yeah. Baldwin, Adam Baldwin, <laughs> typecast, Ralph Macchio, typecast, typecast. Alex Winter, typecast, Ron Perlman, totally typecast. Like it's very nice. It's done. The Fun. only Asian American in the film. <laughs> Sorry, Dennis. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's very good. Um, well, no, and th- this is fun, too, because, like, okay, now we can rewind to the first scene, which is, like, all right, all right, war dogs, like, get ready. We're going into this shit. And they're, like, all right, boss, let's do this again. Alex Winter cracks some joke about, like, oh, I hope Adam Baldwin remembers his underwear this time or whatever. And it's, like, shut the fuck up. Like, I'll fuck you up, man. It's, like, hey, cool it. We're all on the same team. But this mission, we're bringing in this analyst. And Dennis Dunn walks in, and immediately Alec Baldwin says something shitty. Alex Winter makes a joke. And then like, I think Ralph Macchio is even like, Hey, come on commander. Like, do we really have to do this shit? Like you're going to, you're going to trust him in our unit. And he's like, whatever, we have to do it. So we set up initially that like, he doesn't trust him. Then like the helicopter gets shot down. They get to the shore. That's a great scene. Adam Baldwin goes bananas and has got a gun all up and Dennis Dunn. Like this fucker sold us out. I know it for sure. hundred percent. No doubt in my mind. I'm icing him right now. And Ron Perlman's like, shut the fuck up. He puts a map in front of Dennis Dunn, and it's like, where are we? How do we get to this base? And he's like, I don't know. I think we're here. Maybe head south. They're like, great. Wait, so it- now, okay, now we're, on, we're in the jungle. We get a little quick montage, three or four shots of them walking through the jungle, and they make camp the first night. Uh, everything's kind of creepy and spooky. 
Um, I guess this is the scene where like Alex Winter can make friends with a monkey. And then well, I also like to- the idea of like Machio slowly kind of, there are little scenes where you, sh- he shows that he's like the nice guy, of the group he offers Dennis Dunn a cigarette, like that kind of, yeah, we start building that like, Hey, we're all in this together. If we're going to make it out, we're all going to make, and like, yeah, he can kind of see the fear in his eyes. He knows like, man, this guy didn't, this guy didn't do half the shit out of Baldwin saying he did, but yeah, that first right. night, they like they bed down. And Ron Perlman's like, I'm taking first watch or whatever because he's super macho. And they're like, all right, great. And then, yeah, I think uh, – yeah, that, it's more fun. I was going to say they just wake up in the morning and he's gone, but let's keep up with the action. So, like, yeah, they, they hear screams. They hear gunfire. They wake up. They scramble to get their gear. They're running through the woods. Like, they find, like, blood. They're trying to – like, they're using, like, those, like uh, – you know those lights? They're, like, L-shaped that they put in their vest. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think like they all have those with like the red lenses on. So like it's all this red light, like M16 shit where they're like running through the jungle trying to figure out what's going on. And then we get nothing. Like they find nothing. They're freaking the fuck out. Uh, Yeah. And then we either cut to the morning and they've all like haven't slept after that. Or actually that's kind of cool. Yeah, let's do that. So now the next day, like tensions are even higher. Well, they're all slap happy now. Like. Yeah, yeah, Ron Ron Perlman's gone. Uh and yeah, this is a good scene for like Adam Baldwin to be like fucking Dennis Dunn knows something. What the fuck were those things? And he's like not saying a word. So they're like fuck it, we got to keep going south. Like the boss said, we got to keep going south. I think what's what would also be fun is that like in Predator, they do an extremely good job of giving you very very slow reveals of what the predator is, right? Um Yeah. And I I think in this movie, it'd be way more fun if you have like, if there's just like a blood curdling sound that they make, if there's sure. actual, like you hear really visceral, like that. I don't want it to be, pre- I want it to basically be a, a bad version of predator, but a bad version of predator in a fun way. in that like, they can't wait to show you this cat person makeup that they've got. So they give you a little too much, a little too early. And that's part of the fun. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, well, it's funny because like the best part of the first Predator movie is the right, right. <laughs> that, that sound is is the movie because there is like there's basically no soundtrack except for like the at the beginning. Yeah. But the yeah, the best part of the movie is like them looking in the jungle and you just hear like it's like what the fuck is it? Where is it? Like where could it be? Occasionally you get a. Preceded by Foley work we're doing on this episode. That's it's better than our accent work. All right. So yeah, okay, yeah, that's fun. Let's do screams. I think like blood curdling screams is fun. Like vaguely, like it's cheap too, which I think this movie would have done. Is like we'll just mix the sound of a lion with the sound of a person screaming perfect throw a little dolphin in there you got something truly horrifying we think yeah all right that's fun uh so they keep marching through the jungle uh day two they come across let's keep it moving they come across some weird ruins sure and uh dunn's getting more and more nervous and then yeah i think finally machio kind of corners him and is like hey you know something like what the fuck and he's like right. well there's a legend in these in these parts about a temple that had a relic stolen the dogs of peace and it let loose the cat people, which we'll come up with a better name for in a moment because cat people is another movie. Uh, and I think Alex Winters is like cat people. <laughs> he makes a joke that involves the word pussy. I don't know what it is, but some writer will write it. Uh, I think you basically just told it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Adam, Adam Baldwin's like, fuck this shit. Like let's rock and roll. We can kill him. Whatever. They're, they're the man in black pajamas. Uh, but Machio sees something. He's like, nah, hold on. This guy's fucking freaking out. Like, and I yeah. think ooh, that's, that's a cool scene. He pulls out his sidearm and hands it to him. And, and this is very good. Yeah. Little, yeah, and, little and things Adam, like that. Yeah, Adam, Adam Baldwin's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, no, 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 dude. I see something like, no way. Like just give him this little gun. Let's, let's start walking. And so I, now, no, I like, I like that a now, lot. Now that's we're good. building a connection, right? Where, di- where Machio's realizing like these two fucking jokers aren't taking this seriously. They're, I'm as likely to get shot by them as I am by, you know, or as I am to get killed by these cat people. Dennis Dunn at least knows what's going on. Let's get him a gun. 
So now we're in the ruins. This is a great set piece. We can do something fun here. Oh, wait. Can we, can we keep the squad, the whole squad together until they get to the ruins, right? That's where we're at, right? Nobody's gone yet, right? No, I think just Ron Perlman. And I think it's the right call to get him out of the way. Like, let's get down like, to, let's get to Ralph Macchio's story ASAP. And I, I think what we do is we do get to this temple. That's a big set piece. But yeah. instead of, like I said, we don't see what the villain is. I think that's when like a horde of cat people surround them in the temple. And you actually have a firefight. But like, I think that's where Ralph Macchio gives his, his sidearm to Dennis Dunn. Oh, I got you. I got you. So, like, he, he's, he's alluding to it. They get to the temple, and they, like, run up on the walls and are standing over them. Like, exactly. And they're and making like, oh, fuck this. sounds, and they're, yeah, claws out. Oh, oh. And, then, and then one of them holds up Ron Perlman's severed head. Exactly. That's all oh, I was just going to say. Yeah, just, like, they're tearing him apart. They see him, like, eating him and shit. Yeah, so there's no doubt. This is it. Like, and we're now it's gory. Down. It's a monster movie. And now we're really having a good time, right? Like, well, and we, can, and we can do that thing where, like, they're not attacking. They're just, like, doing a show of force. And then Ralph Macchio's like, all right, nobody do anything. Like, let's, let's see what happens here. And Adam Baldwin's and like, Adam that. Baldwin fucks yeah. it up, right? <laughs> he, he goes rock and roll. And then from that point on, it's like, all right, well, maybe we could have negotiated. I don't know. But there, we're not gonna, it's not going to happen now. And I think as soon as Adam Baldwin makes that move, and then he get, maybe there's a fight, but his death is really gory. That's where Macchio slaps the gun in oh. Dennis Dunn's hand. And it's yeah, like, like, you know, the, the, the deaths have got to be really just, well, let's, yeah, no, I think you're right. Like, yeah, as soon as this shit starts, like, popping off, yeah, Ralph Macchio just, like, slowly hands his sidearm to Dennis Dunn, and Dennis Dunn's like, okay, cool, thank you. Now Adam we're Baldwin, okay. Adam, yeah, now we're, now we got a movie. Adam Baldwin goes rock and roll. Now they're, like, retreating out of the temple, and they're, like, shooting these, and we get some squib work where we're just watching cat people get shot up. Yeah, and they're, yep, yep. they're running through the corridors, and, like, the floors are falling out. They're having to jump and grab vines to, like, you know, we're going to do some work here. We're going to play around with the set piece. But in the end... Hey, we totally paid for it. We paid for the yeah. set. We're going to film it. That's one of those kind of scenes, right? Yeah, totally, totally. Like, they're doing way... They spend way longer in this set than they need to. But then, like, I like your point, And I want to use, like, Day of the Dead, I think, is a good example of, like... Yeah, like, at some point, Adam Baldwin's gun runs out. He throws it down, pulls out his sidearm, empties that, pulls out, like, his K-bar, and is like, come on! And then, like, yeah, they rip open his guts they're playing with his intestines like. savini like i think it, and it's also an era where they could get savini like why not just say that it's that it it is day of the dead is perfect right like yeah. watching them pull guys apart and pull their intestines out like sausage links and stuff like totally yeah this is like 89 90 savini's already wrapped up all the day of the dead stuff like there's like the last dying breaths of Friday the 13th are happening, like the good Friday the 13th. So like, yeah, Savini's like, fuck yeah, I'll do this. Yeah. I'll, and, I'll do cat and, people. Why not? <laughs> and, and now, and now we got a planet X film. Now I really want to watch it. Okay. So now I'm in it. I'm in it now. Okay. okay. So this, this is tidy. Our heroes. Oh, we can do this. Like, yeah, they fall through the floorboards. They're in kind of some kind of like subterranean tunnel. Ha ha. Cats hate water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They like they they somehow get away. Oh, this is fun. Yeah, they find the underground temple where where they need to put the dogs at peace. And but and the so dog and the dogs at peace are missing. And then Dennis Dunn gives a little more exposition. Right, this is uh, exactly. like one of our this is one of our campfire scenes. Alex Winter is freaking the fuck out at this point. Oh yeah, yep. He's, he's full. He's Bill Paxton from the second act of Aliens. He's like, yeah, we're he's so game man. over. Yep, he's lost his mind. That's great. Because that means he's going to not only get a gruesome death, but he's going to end that nice little res respite that they get uh, uh, by drawing attention to them, right? He's going to do something dumb out of desperation, right? He's like, I'm not staying down here. He's going to get a torch or something. He's like, I'm getting out of here. He's Well, okay, now we've set up a problem, though, because they're where they need to be at the end of the movie, which means we have to leave this location and come back to it. Yeah, but they they want the filmmakers want to do that because they paid to make that set. So w what they have to do is they have to go back into the jungle to find the dogs of peace, right? I mean, yeah, I guess the alternative is they find one of the dog or they find the dogs of peace, and Dennis Dunn is like, we have to take these to X Y Z location. 
Well, maybe the dogs of peace are being kept in a pile of shit that the cat people have. And he's like, we must go to another temple, which is just the same temple reshot. Like, um, you know what I mean? Because then, then you could have a chase scene from that temple to the next temple where they're being pursued through the jungle by the cat people. And your third act ends in the second temple... Hmm. Okay, wait, wait, wait. We can we can simplify this. We can trim a lot of fat out. It, what if in the first act, the brass indicates that there's something, they've identified a high-value target that they're sending our boys to go get? And, and maybe they don't really know what it is, but they know it's high-value. They get there, and they they figure out that it's kind of like Predator, where they're like, I thought there was going to be like munitions or gold or POWs or whatever. And it's just a couple fucking Jade statues. Like fuck this shit. Everything goes sideways. They crash into this temple now after they fight all the cat people off and Adam Baldwin's dead. And Dennis Dunn is like, this is what was at the camp. This is like, this is what my people are protecting. This is the super valuable thing. Like we need to put it back here. So now they're like, fuck, okay, we have to go back to that camp. We've got to get those dogs. And then we got to get back here. So then we kind of like hand wave some like them sneaking through the jungle stuff. They get back to the initial place and they realize the initial camp they were supposed to attack. Holy shit. The cat people have followed us or even they realize it and they're going to use themselves as bait to like sick the cat people on the enemy, steal the dogs and take them back to the temple. That works. That's pretty tidy actually. That's like, fun like, yeah, too. like they, like really, they tried to a really fun scene. Well, yeah, it, like they, they try to get back and then like, Alex Winter's like, dude, this isn't working. They're fucking on us. And Ralph Macchio's like, okay, then we're going, we're going to take them with us. And they're like, yeah, they fucking figure out a way to bait these cat people and unleash them on the enemy. Get the dogs, get back to the temple, set them up, which I don't know. What does it do once they set them up? That's eh, magic, right? They glow. Oh, you just, you, yeah, you just get an the- animated energy wave flashes out yeah and, and the cat roto- rotoscoped just, lightning is shooting everywhere yeah and the cat people just collapse and like claymation or whatever you know they just kind of dissipate i think probably or turn to skeletons something yeah you got savini working on the film like maybe they just it's a slow gory dissolve i don't know i think it's good i think i think in that sense then alex winter definitely has to die on the run to the base at the end yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. He just gets chewed up in the jungle, so he's not even there for the third act, which is perfect. That's exactly the right thing to do so that Ralph and Dennis get their moment. We get to see them do some like Metal Gear shit where they break into the camp and steal the, uh, the dogs, meanwhile unleashing these horrible cat people on, on his own people, on Dennis's own people, which is kind of cool. Right. And, and then I think there needs to be some kind of like alpha cat or some kind of recognizable cat that we've been following through the movie. Oh, so the, one that, yeah, one that has like a scar or is perfect. different yeah. colored or yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I or he's that. just or he's just real beefy. I don't know. And that way, when they get back to the temple, that one was waiting for them. And it's like, oh, it's the smart one. It's the one that knew we would be back here. And yeah, they, it knows as long as they don't, it learned how to open doors. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but which they ultimately defeat. Uh, which, oh, that's fun. Yeah. So like they're fighting him. They're all getting beaten the shit out of each other. Ralph Macchio is going to kill him. He falls down. He's got a machete or whatever. Dennis Dunn uses the firearm, Ralph exactly. Macchio. Exactly, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Shoots him in the, in the head. Yeah. It's yeah. Like a big Dennis, gory Dennis, Dunn, Dennis Dunn's knocked out. Ralph Macchio's pinned down. It's the end. Boom. His head fucking blows up. And we cut, yeah, we pan up to Dennis Dunn with the sidearm he gave him. And he salutes him or something. I don't fucking know. Well, they, put, they, they, they crawl over. They set the statues where they're supposed to go. They start glowing. Um, well, I think they start going. Then you hear a woof, oh, like, a, like a woof call, and all the cat people stop and are like, oh, fuck, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, like, the, is the ending shot, like, the two of them on top of the temple looking over the jungle at the city they're going to go to? Like you get like a nice big shot or. Oh, no. I mean, I think, well, I, here's what I think. I think the last shot to ape predator some more is, yeah, they come out of the temple. The sun is rising. You can hear the cat people screaming and fleeing into an even deeper part of the jungle. They're never going to be a problem again. And then 
you see the like womp 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 of a helicopter and like yeah there's like a fucking apache landing at the temple and the general from the beginning of the movie that gave them the mission is like chewing a cigar like looking at him with a twinkle in his eye like you did it you you did the thing i needed you to do i love the smell of dead cat people in the morning like yeah well yeah or you do yeah you do fucking (laughs) lost boys like that's what i always hated about vietnam (laughs) all the damn dr moreau rejects (laughs) (laughs) it's a fun ass movie though that's a fun fun it's a fun film you know what would make it that was a tough one man that was tough you know what would make it fun for me i mentioned diamond dogs you know it would be fun as if like this was the vietnam film that finally did like search and destroy by the stooges and all that like it would all be connected it would all be that like uh david bowie um produced like stooges records and uh maybe even like something from transformer i don't know but like that actually did the weird dark intense vietnam music that came out then and that way you get away from your all along the watchtower <laughs> your creedence songs ad nauseum birds csny you go like no nah, I'd, I'd actually really like to hear iggy pop talk about like napalm like that would be really really fun. So, yeah, that could be cool, man. I'm into it. I dig it. Um, give it give it like a a nice rock and roll feel. That would be really really cool. Um, sure. I I I like that it was pulling teeth to start, but I think we came out with a good one. I think that's dogs and peas. <laughs> well, I mean, holding it up to our barometer, I would watch the fuck out of that movie. I would probably super enjoy it. That sounds like a riot. That sounds like um, so. Especially with like Tom Savini effects. And that cast, that cast would be fun to watch. That'd yeah, be a great watching, cast. Watching Tom Savini create wax dummies of Alex Winters to be ripped apart by cat people is <laughs> worth the price. Like, that's worth the price of admission right there. Like, I'm that's, done. I'm sold. Oh, shit. That, and it's done, isn't it? Excellent. <laughs> that, that, that's, that could be our new Planet X tagline. Planet X Cinema. Tom Savini making Alex Winter dummies to be, you know, destroyed by cat yeah, people. It's like, that's it's kind of what we do. That's what we're doing. Like, it's one of those movies that, as a kid, I would have been obsessed with the making of featurette. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that the movie's that great, but the fucking behind the scenes of, like, all of these guys stressed out in, like, Mexico. Mexico trying to pretend it's Vietnam with Tom oh, Zanini making wax doubles of them is like that is high art that is beautiful oh that'd be so good oh that really would be good uh, speaking yeah. of things that are good uh, we don't just make hypothetical movies on this show we actually do live screenings and we have a live screening every final Friday at the beautiful Kunstler Brewing in San Antonio Texas our next one is uh, March 29th we are showing The Gate yeah, and then the final Friday in April, we are happily showing Hard Boiled, the John Woo classic. And yeah, so you can watch the best kitty horror film followed by the best action movie. <laughs> oh man, I put up I put up my first promo for the gate on the Facebook uh, page, um, and did a little joke about how. Um, what did I write? Uh, you know how uh, Stranger Thing was was praised for combining everything about 80s uh, children's action films with the better parts of Stephen King's catalog, a little bit of 80s horror and an eerie soundtrack. Yeah, that's The Gate. And except yeah. for The Gate also has a heavy metal album that teaches you how to fight Lovecraftian horror. Yeah, so, and, and was made in the 80s. So like it's yeah, it's the real so deal. It's, that's what yeah. my I ended with if you if you want to see what all the hype should have been about, come come watch the gate. And sure enough, like people just started lighting up going like, oh yeah, I gotta come watch the gate, the gate. So it's yeah, it's, it's funny. It is it is one of those screenings like uh there's a couple movies like this we've that that we've shown that like I'm always like, all right, well I, I really want to do the gate. I wonder if anyone will show up. And as soon as I start talking about it, people are like, dude, I didn't know anyone else loved that movie. And it's like, yeah. oh, thank God. Like, it's one of those movies, like, if it, I know we said this about Time Cop, but like, if you have not seen it, please come see it. If you have see, seen it, you know exactly why you need to come see it again. Like, yeah. it is so goddamn good. We're psyched to show it. We're really psyched about Hard Boiled, and we will 
talk more about that as it gets closer. And then we should have a couple more uh, screenings picked out pretty soon. So just keep your eye on planetxcinema.com where you get all your screening information. Stay tuned to the podcast or check us out on Facebook, Instagram. We try to keep you guys up to date on all of that. Um, we just showed The Giver um, and it was super fun. So uh, before I forget, thanks for uh, to everybody who came out and watched The Giver. We had a really, really fun time um, showing that movie when it was like, I did not, I had no idea how that would go over and people totally dug it so it went down real smooth people really enjoyed that mm, almost as smooth as a delicious beer from kunzler brewery <laughs> Kunz, thanks kunzler good times uh, my tab next time <laughs> uh yeah man uh well i think we did it we got a little bit of housekeeping and then let's get out of here yeah absolutely would you like to start sir uh, I want to thank Brian Ahrens. Uh, if you like the voiceover work at the top of the show, that was done by Mr. Brian Ahrens. You can find him at com. He's a sweetie. Look him up. I know your socks were rocked off by that killer rock and roll song at the beginning of our uh, podcast. That's called Oedipus Sex. It's performed by the band Pinko. You can get it off their self-titled album. Uh, they're on Bandcamp. Buy their album. Uh, check out their other music. They're amazing. Thanks, Pinko. You guys rock. Um, any other bit? Are you feeling a little happier now, Drew? You I feel a little I, happy. I feel better than I felt at the start of this podcast, and for that, I owe it to my brother and to his friend from the bar who gave us this movie title. So, thank you both. Well, on behalf of Ron Nickel and myself, get yourself a drink, put on an '80s action movie, and you have yourself a good evening. All right? I will. Uh, I have been Lance Corporal Drew Hicks. I am Private Blair Hicks, and the search for Planet X continues! Ooh, that's not bad.